It is a real joy to be here, and I thank the Lord for your being here, and I'm grateful that I'm redeemed. I enjoy the good and he is to us this evening. You have your Bibles, if you please turn to two passages, one in the Old Testament, Psalms 133, and then one in the New Testament, which our dear brother last night uh, spoke, spoke about for just a little while or made allusion to, and so I want to go ahead and tag it on my way by this evening. Now you pray for me and pray that God will help me uh, this evening as I try to stand and preach. Certainly it's good to have the... Uh, Ladies of Mercy with us. I thank the Lord for them. And uh, uh, they're my favorites. I can't help that. I, I mean, I appreciate the fact that they're, they're singing tonight for us. And, and uh, if you do have to use them at a home, come and do it in the afternoon. They lay out of church enough. And so... <laughs> No, about this time of year, everybody gets their, gets their uh, uh, what do you call them, homecomings and things like that. And so we do understand that, and we're just thankful that God's opened up the doors for them to be able to serve as they serve, and we're grateful for them. And uh, then it's good just to be here with Brother John, and I pray that God will take and help us. Um, I'm not going to preach on the dogs tonight. <laughs> I might hit a hog or two while I go by, but I ain't going to get no dogs. And uh, I want to I want to read these two passages of scriptures, and then I'll take and uh, speak for a little while, the Lord being our helper. Uh, the thought tonight is going to be along the lines of unity and togetherness. Unity and togetherness. Now, unity and togetherness, they go together. They go together. Unity and together go together. Together, And the Bible says concerning you and I that we are laborers together with God. You're God's husbandman. You're God's building. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 9. We're laborers together with God. Then the Psalms, Psalms 133, there in verse number 1. Behold how good. And how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended from the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. I want to speak on the subject of unity and togetherness for just a little while tonight. At the signing of the Declaration of Independence, it was Benjamin Franklin who said we must all hang together or assuredly, we're going to hang separately. And that was so with our patriot, the patriarchs and founders of our country. But I want to say that is also true of our day and of our time as children of God coursing our way through this world. 
Our patriots, the patriots of yesterday, they did hang together. The result of that was the birth of our nation. And bless the Lord, I am an American. And uh, I'm American from the top of my head to the bottom of my foot. Thank God I was born in South America. Hallelujah. Isn't that true? And so uh, we're grateful for America. And I think it's the greatest country in all of the world. And I bless the Lord for it. And oftentimes I invite folks that don't like it that if they'll just let us know, we'll buy them a one-way ticket to wherever they want to go. We love America. And it's because of men that were patriots and that stood together and had a common goal in mind. And thank God for that. In the Psalms, David here is talking about the unity of God's people, how pleasant it is and how good it is for God's people to be together, to be unified together. And uh, there's a great difference between unity and uniformity. But David is talking about unity. You know, I got to thinking the other day, and uh, of course, when I go to thinking, there's no telling what's going to come out. But I got to thinking and I jotted, jotted two or three things down. Do you realize that unity and togetherness did not just start happening? In fact, unity and togetherness was in the Godhead before the world was. The truth is, before even the world was, there was a blessed trinity. The Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. All three equal, and yet all three one. All three distinct, and yet the divine ministry, or the divine mystery of the Godhead. Now, I can't explain that, and I have great doubts that you can explain that, but it was our Lord Jesus that said in his prayer in John 17, Father, glorify thou me with the glory that I had with thee before the world was. And then again, the Bible said that in the beginning, God created God's I won't say that was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the same was with God. Without him was not anything made that was made. The, the unity and the togetherness of the Godhead before the world ever was, before the mud seals of this terrestrial ball ever came off of the lips of God, dear friend, the Holy Ghost and God the Father and God the Son we're in unity together. Makes me wonder why he, having a son like he had, he'd want a son like me and you. Can I have an amen right there? And having such a great son as he had, why in the world would he want so many other children? You know, you can't get beyond the love of God in that thing. That's the only reason we were able to get in. God in marvelous love has so loved and redeemed you and I. Well, I say that to say, thank God, that unity is not something that just began. I got to thinking about in creation. The Bible said, God said, let us make man in our image. 
And of course, the us and the I right there deals with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And he made Adam and Eve. And aren't you glad of that? Not Adam and Steve, but Adam and Eve. There was no problem with pronouns in that day. Can I have an hallelujah right there? Not him and Herm and Shem and Shem. Oh, no, friend. It was a man and a woman. And everybody born in Adam's race has had a daddy and a mama. Say amen right there. Hallelujah. Well, in the creation... Let us make Adam and Eve. And so he made man a body and a soul and breathed into him the breath of life. Now, man was not created in the image of God in his body, but rather in his soul and his spirit. But that body gave expression in this world to a consciousness of this world. And uh, uh, whenever Adam sinned, he lost that distinctive spirit that he had that gave him consciousness of God. And that's why when you get saved, dear friend, that spirit that was dead in trespasses and sin has been resurrected and new life has become into you because of him. And so we have, we see him in the creation. I, I got to thinking about it over there in the history of Israel. Everywhere you see Israel, you see God and God working with Israel and with man. It goes long back before uh, Israel, but in Israel's history, you notice the order of the camp, the distinctive movements of the camp. Every time the cloud moved, the camp moved. And it was an indication that God was leading them and they were following God. They were together. They were hooked up together. I know that there was shortcomings in Israel, but dear friend, as that cloud moved across, so Israel responded to God. There was a unity in that nation that was not in any other nation. There was a purpose in that nation that was nowhere else in all of the world. Unity and, and togetherness. I got to thinking about, especially in the book of the days of Joshua, God said, now I'm going to give you land. He said, but now you're not going to just march in there and take it over for nothing. It's going to cost you. You'll have to go in there. There'll be battles to fight. You'll have to claim the land and conquer the land. And God said, I'll go before you. I'll help you. And uh, whenever they followed God, they came out victorious. It was a togetherness that God was dealing with, with his people throughout the Old Testament. I got to thinking about in the ministry of Christ. Over there in Mark chapter number two, there's the story of when Jesus came to the house and he was in the house and it was noise that he was there. People started coming and bringing loved ones there and they were getting healed and boy, it was such a crowd around there. There's one that fell out there that can't get there. He's on his cot and four of his friends pick him up and take him to Jesus. You know the story. 
And I got to thinking about how that illustrated how we get a sinner to God. Dear friend, it takes all four to get a sinner to God. It took God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, and it takes the church, the, the, the same person, to get somebody to Jesus. God the Father's part was that he so loved the world. God the Father's Son's part is that he went to Calvary and died. God the Holy Ghost brought conviction and conversion into the heart. They've got their part. Now the church has to pick up its corner to get a sinner to Christ. It's a picture of togetherness, a picture of unity in the ministry of Christ. And you can divide it anywhere you want to. You'll see the same thing. I got to thinking about, you know, it's an amazing thing. I I, I know that you can't take and uh, uh, necessarily just draw lines, just one, two, three. But there was an election that took place, and we attribute it to God the Father. There is a redemption that takes place. We attribute that to Christ the Son who died and shed his blood for the remission of our sin. There is a conversion that takes place in the life of an individual that is contributed to the Holy Spirit who both convicts us and then converts us. Hallelujah. And what a wonderful thing to be born of the Spirit of God. But then there is the evangelization, the evangelization evangelizing that takes place through the church. He's committed to us the preaching of the gospel of the blessed Lord Jesus. Mark it down. Nobody gets saved without somebody praying for them and nobody gets saved apart from the gospel coming to them. And that's our part. Am I right? Come on. When I hold my hands up, you say amen, all right? Amen, Brother Ralph. Well, I, what I'm simply saying is that unity and togetherness go together. There's a plan. There's a program. It involves cooperation. It involves togetherness. We are laborers together with him. I think you see it in Paul's exhortation all the way through his writings. Again, over there in 1 Corinthians, he says, we are laborers together with God. In the book of Ephesians, you can't help but to read the book of Ephesians and see the togetherness there is in the life of the church and in the life of individuals, believers. I was reading in the book of Ephesians, and, and uh, I marked this down because my poor little old brain can't keep up with too many things, so I, I wrote this down. I said over in Ephesians chapter number 1, there in verse number 10, the Bible talks about being gathered together all things in him. It talks in chapter 2 about being quickened together. It talks about chapter number 2 again, being raised together and then seated together with Christ. Then it speaks about being fitly framed together with our Lord. It talks about a building that has been builded together, things coming together, and a body that is fitly joined together. I'm saying that God emphasized togetherness throughout the scriptures. Told the Philippians, he said, we're striving together for the faith. 
told the Philippians again that they're to be followers of him as he, followers together of me as I am of Christ. Told the Colossians that we have been quickened together, that we are being knitted together. Told the Thessalonians there was coming a day that we would be caught up together. And he went on to say that we shall live together with him and closed his book out by saying, comfort yourselves together with this. And so all the way through the scriptures, it's emphasized togetherness, togetherness. And blessed be the Lord, laborers together with God. We're laborers together with Christ. Matthew chapter 11, the last verse, Jesus said, my burden is easy. My yoke is light. I got to thinking about that verse, you know, you know what the burden of Christ was? The burden of Christ was to go to the cross, bear our sin in his own body on the cross and to die on our behalf. His work was to do the work of the father. You know what our blessing is? It's to enter into that labor, to enter into that work. Anybody that's ever entered into the finished work of our Lord Jesus has been thrilled as they've given themselves over to labor on his behalf. So we labor with Christ. We labor together for Christ. That is, we're serving one another. Jesus said, without me, he can do nothing. And then he told his disciples, go into all the world and I'll go with you. We labor for him. You're his hands. You're his feet. You're his eyes. You're his ears. You're his communication to this world. The word in you. Oh, precious friend, you talk about wonderful. I'm talking about togetherness and unity with Christ. We're laborers with him. We're laborers for him. And we, Bible exhorts us to serve one another. Thank God for that. He says some water, some plant, some pl plow, some harvest, but it's God that gives the increase to thank the Lord. And then we labor because of Christ, because of him. Bible says we're laboring together till we come into the unity of the faith. How long is it that we're going to have to be together? Till we come to the unity of the faith, till it all gets said and done. I mean, friend, we didn't take this thing on by the hour. We took it on by the job, and it's not going to be a payday till we get through with the job. And so, being together, being together. Now, having said that, let me say there's a difference between unity and uniformity. Uh, the Psalms talks about the people of God being in unity. Unity comes from a lifestyle from within, a life from within. Uniformity is the result of a power or an influence working upon you, a pressure from without. Uh, the army, somebody said, I got tired. They got tired of being, give, being given orders around the house. So they decided they'd join the army, you know. That's about as smart as some folks are, ain't it? 
In the army, you may learn unity after a while, but you start off learning uniformity. Am I right? Then again, unity deals with something a little different than what uniformity does. Uniformity is very brittle. You can destroy uniformity, dear friend, but unity is something that can endure hardness and can carry on. And so uniformity leaves no room for honest differences, but unity will allow an individual to be what they are. God wants some unity. He didn't make us all alike. He didn't carbon copy all of us. He made you different, made me different. Now in the Psalms here, three times a year, the Jewish men all got together and came to Jerusalem to celebrate some feast. Three times a year they came to celebrate the Passover. They came to celebrate Pentecost, and they came to celebrate the Feast of the Tabernacles. As they were coming, it was a joyful time. They uh, had fellowship one with the other. They told their stories. They looked toward heaven. They they, uh, came to the holy city of God. It was a wonderful atmosphere. It was a holy atmosphere. It was a holiday atmosphere. There was a brotherhood common among them. And they rejoiced in that. And that's a good thing. But you know, David, in this Psalms, look at it. He was wanting something just a little bit more uh, involved than just being with one another a few times in the year. In fact, he wasn't interested in just an occasional unity. He wanted God's people to dwell together in unity. You know, it's one thing to travel with or to stay with somebody for a few days or even a couple of weeks, you know. You can pretty well endure some of it for a couple of weeks. Now, having been a worker on the road, you you may have to bite your tongue a time or two and may have to do a little something that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily want to do and put up with something. But you can pretty well get along with somebody for a week or two, but it's a different story to live with somebody. Wouldn't you agree? Come on, you son, this is a good time to say amen. I mean, some of you sisters, if you knew what you was getting into, you know, you men, if you knew what you, well, I'm just saying, it's a difference between just occasional unity and then keeping the harmony around the house all the time. David wanted them to dwell together. Now, I think it's pretty sad that the church of God sometimes is not in unity. And when they're not in unity, dear friend, there's a weakness in the fellowship. It grieves the Holy Spirit. It hurts the testimony of the Lord in the community. Those on the outside look at those on the inside and say, we're as good as them, and they stay out yonder doing what they should do. And dear friend, they don't get in here being what they ought to be. That's a sadness. And so, but there is a such thing as real unity. 
Now, look at this little psalm with me for just a few minutes, and, and uh, I want to just give you a, a thought or two that would help promote spiritual unity and togetherness among the people of God. The first thing I want to say is this. We ought to remember that we are members of the same family. I mean, that just makes sense, doesn't it? Now, I realize that, I realize that precious friend, we would expect brothers and sisters to get along with each other and to take care of each other. But having lived what short years I have lived, having had three brothers and a sister myself, I can testify to the scripture, it says that a brother is born for adversity. That, that means we all the time fighting as we as are coming up. And most others are. You and your brother and you and your sister should have gotten along. And I can remember mama saying every once in a while, now you young and straighten yourself up. Y'all are brothers. Y'all ain't supposed to act like that. But I found out as I read the Bible that there was some problems with a number of brothers and sisters in the Bible. Far too often they do not get along and uh, uh, it's a real hindrance. I was thinking about in the Bible the first recorded brethren, Cain and Abel, and one of them killed the other. And I got to thinking about Moses. He had his problems with his brother and his sister, you know. And uh, Aaron and Miriam, they didn't get along with Moses. And how about Joseph? His brothers hated him and sold him into slavery. What a sadness. Shouldn't we remember that you have been born of God and the spirit of God dwelleth in you and the blood of God has covered you and dear friend, we're of the same family. We call him father. We ought to be able to get along. Born of the spirit of God, belonging to the Lord and his family, the family of God. And uh, you would think that true brothers and sisters could enjoy each other, wouldn't you? Now, I promise you this. Now that we've gotten past those coming up years, my sister's attitude has changed towards me drastically. My brothers now... I'm telling you, we used to fight and carry on. My brothers now love me. My sister loves me. I love them. There's something about growing that makes you want to be with your family. I want to tell you, so that's just good, isn't it? I mean, we all remember that we're all members of the same family. We've been born of God. Now, I, I confess this, okay? I, I'm confessing. I am a Baptist preacher. I cannot help it. I'm a Baptist preacher. I preach everywhere and anywhere else. I can preach also. They don't bother me. But I've got some brothers and some sisters that are not of my persuasion. I'm not going to throw rocks at them. Because if God can call him son or daughter, I can call him brother or sister. Is that right? Now, I hope that didn't hurt nobody, but that's just true. 
Isn't that right? And so we remember we're a brethren. We've got a common, commonness about us. We are born of God. Then there's a second thing I, I want to just make a mention to, to you about. It says, it says how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. The second thing I want to say is that we all remember that spirituality or spiritual unity comes down from God. It is not something that you can work up, not something you can manufacture. It's not something that you can take and just uh, 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 build it up. Oh, no. Unity in the house of God comes from God. Now, you can establish uniformity. You can get everybody to wear the same kind of clothes. You can get everybody to walk the same way. You can get everybody to carry their Bible the same way. You can get everybody to sit the same. You can, you can get that going. But I'm going to tell you, real divine unity comes from God. Now, David says this. David says, now I want to tell you what it's like, and he gives us two illustrations. It's really a special miracle a spiritual miracle that God does here. David said unity among the house of God is like this. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, and went down to the skirts of the garments. In other words, David says it has to do with the high priest. It's just like when he's anointed with that special oil. And of course, that oil is a symbol of the Spirit of God. It says when the high priest went to be anointed and they poured that oil upon his head and it ran down his face and it ran down his beard, it ran onto the breastplate the garment of the high priest. On that breastplate, there are 12 stones. Those stones are individual stones representing the tribes of Israel. And what he was saying right here is that anointing that came upon the high priest ran down and it covered that breastplate and all of God's people were anointed with that oil. That's what it represents. And so I want to say to you, he said it was so precious. They each maintained their individual distinctiveness, and yet the anointing oil was upon them all, and they were all together clothed or uh, uh, bathed in that oil. Now I'll tell you, that's a pretty good picture of how it's supposed to be around the house of God. And uh, that brings us to a deep spiritual unity whenever the Spirit of God is upon every individual and the life is spent to the glory of Christ. It brings us together and it makes us unified and unity is among the people of God. Now, I will say that's a wonderful blessing and I thank the Lord for it. But then he gives us a second illustration and he says it's also like this, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, there the Lord commanded a blessing to be there. He says, it's not only like the anointing oil that comes upon the head of the priest, the high priest, and then anoints all of those separate and individual stones on the breastplate. But he says, I want to give you another illustration. 
And uh, it kind of comes from the world of the weather. He says, the dew falls on the ground up there on the top of Mount Hermon. Now, when the dew falls on the ground, it's going to bring life and veget to the vegetation everywhere around it. All the plants are going to get a little drink. All the little birds are going to get a drink. All the vegetation, everything's going to grow. Now, Herman, Mount Herman, is over 9,000 feet high. And when the dew falls at that height, it's almost like a rain. It brings the fields to life. It does what, 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 it takes the flowers and makes them grow. It brings life to everything. Beauty, fruitfulness because of the dew that falls. Now, I would like to say that the, the oil nor the dew come very noisily. Oh no, they're symbols of the Holy Spirit. He quietly moves into the heart and the life. And uh, not only that, both that oil and that dew, they come down from God out of heaven. He sends it. Dear friend, you cannot manufacture spiritual unity with all the meetings you could muster. All the spiritual or all the activities that you can get going around the church house, that's not going to manufacture unity. But if the Holy Ghost of God comes down and saturates us and fills our life and moves in our heart and orders our steps and gives us life, there comes the unity with it. And when he comes, you talk about wonderful my third little point is this. It's very practical. It's very, we ought to remember that we're all members of the, of the same family. We ought to recognize that this spiritual unity that we have, it, it takes and it doesn't, it's not manufactured, it's not produced by the flesh. It's got to come down from God. And then also that it's very practical. Unity is a good thing. Togetherness is a good thing. The Bible said here, like the dew, it's a pleasant thing. It's pleasant. It's like the anointing oil. It's a good. And I got to thinking about that. I said, you know, we want the unity. We, want, we desire unity in the Lord, and we ought to do that. But we don't desire unity so that we can selfishly uh, heap the rewards of it upon ourselves, selfishly enjoy it. Uh, but we want the unity so that we can better serve God, you know. The church can grow. The church can be a blessing to other folks because of the unity in it. When a church has spiritual unity in it, there's three things that are there. One, it has the fragrance of God upon it. I've owned one new and one almost new automobile in my life. Now, some of you, you know, you get a new one every such and such and such. But now these are back, back, back a long time ago when I did own them. But you know what got me about that new car? What got me about that new car, new truck, was the smell. I got in there and it smelled new. And it felt new. 
There's just something about it. Now I found out you can buy a new car smell and you can spray it a couple of times. Hallelujah. Don't have to have a new car. Oh, listen, when the Spirit of God is upon the church, it's got a freshness about it. The dews come down upon it. Not only does it have a freshness, but it's got a fruitfulness about it. The dews come down. It's water. Our little young'uns run around here. Oh, they're not saved yet, but I tell you what they are. They're in a good place that when God speaks to them, draws them in. They can believe. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, thank God there's a fruitfulness in this thing. There's a freshness in this thing. And there's a fragrance about this thing. And look what it said. Here, here's what it said. Latter part of verse 3. For there the Lord commandeth the blessing. Everybody wants a blessing. I'll tell you where you can get it. Church gets unified. Filled with God. And boy, that preacher will get up there and preach. And Brother John... It won't be no struggle. You'll be, and they'll be praying for you. And they'll, every word that comes down, it saturates their heart. And you'll find, oh, listen, there you'll find a blessing. Amen. Now, do you need a blessing? Sure you do. All of us do. We, need, we don't operate from blessing to blessing. But I'll tell you, friend, thank God there's blessings to be had. Now, I... I personally really love blessings. I'd much rather be blessed than blistered. <laughs> huh? Yeah. When I come in the house of God, I want to come skipping in there. I'm like the blind man, you know, the good walk man. I want to skip around and look around. I, David said, I was laughing and said to me, let us go into the house of God. Why? Because there's sights to be seen. I come in here tonight and I said, look at Brother John. I said, boy, he's a sight. <laughs> and there's songs to be sung. Stood up and they sang that redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. Oh, hallelujah. Saints to be enjoyed. The house of God. I have been ruined for this world. My home ain't here no more. More folks has moved out of this world and on the other side for me than what's here. And I, sometimes I get a real longing to want to go. But until I get there, I'm a purpose in my heart to be in great unity and together with the people of God. Is that all right with y'all? All right, brother, brother John, you come on and do whatever you want to do. That about finishes me up. Amen. <laughs> God bless you. Thank God for listen here. If you got a preacher, if you got a preacher that loves you and preaches the word of God to you and takes and, and he's he cries and he prays for you, you ought to thank God for it. That's a that's a rare commodity today. And he'll he'll lead you on. And if you'll follow, God will help you. Amen. Amen. God you, bless you, brother. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen. Thank you, Brother Ralph. Appreciate oh, that. Here's your order of service in case we don't get through it all. <laughs> all right. <laughs>
Amen, amen, amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Boy, I'll tell you what, that was that was good. That was good. I tell you, I, I, I like taking notes and my pen was smoking there a couple times. Boy, I just couldn't I couldn't get it all down fast enough. I might need a copy of those notes. But no. Anyway, boy, I'll tell you what, that was good. Thank you for that, Brother Ralph. And boy, what a tremendous truth he brings out. Often we confuse uniformity for unity. Unity is a group of different people coming together for the same goal. Uniformity is when one person's trying to force everyone else to be like them. You know what? We're all different. God made us different intentionally. He did it purposefully. Uh, God likes variety, and he made every one of us different. And then he brings us together. And I love what you said, brother. When we work, live our life in obedience to the Holy Spirit of God, we get along, and we're able to accomplish things for Christ. Boy, I tell you what, what a tremendous message. Enjoyed that. Miss Melissa is going to play on the piano. If the Lord spoke to your heart this evening. You want to come pray. Ask the Lord strengthen you in your unity and in your togetherness. We'll give you an opportunity to do so. to be in the Lord's house tonight. Amen. I know I enjoyed myself. I hope you did as well. Thanks to the ladies of mercy. Appreciate y'all singing tremendous work. Boy, some of them songs, love them songs. And so thank y'all for coming and singing. Brother Ralph, thank you for preaching. Thank you for the kind words about the pastor there at the end. I'll pay you later for that. But uh, anyway, boy, it's been good to be in the Lord's house. Hope each of you enjoyed yourself. Be sure to tell your friends and neighbors. Invite them out. We'll be having meetings every night this week. Come gather around the Word of God. I'm telling you what, there's nothing like a Christian feasting on the Word of God. And we all enjoy physical food, right? We all enjoy sitting down to dinner time and enjoy that physical food. But all of us have made the mistake of eating too much, haven't you? You sit down there and it looks so good and your eyes get bigger in your belly and next thing you know you got a stomachache. When it comes to the things of God and our spiritual diet, it's impossible to overeat. And so just keep coming keep eating and let God keep blessing. Brother Terry, will you pray and dismiss us? Thank you so much for Pastor Tolman and the message of unity, Lord. Lord, there's a few churches in here, Lord, I pray each one of them are unified. Lord, I pray that each each church here supports the pastor, Lord. We're thankful for Pastor John as our shepherd, Lord, and we just pray that uh, everyone here is unified as well, Lord. Just protect us all as we leave here, and Lord, just bring us back again tomorrow night. And Lord, all we also thank you for the ladies for the song. Lord, as we worship you tonight, thank you most of all for Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.